But last night, I, uh, yesterday, I went and uh, got a movie from my rental place, which is Nathan's house. And uh, we were talking about this morning, and uh, I, we were talking about this is the best church to mess up in front of. Um, that y'all are forgiving. Um, now, they haven't needed that this morning. Nathan's done a fantastic job. But I remember there was one time. Yeah, there was one time. Yeah, forgive me. Uh, but there, uh, they, they, I remember when we, when we left this church after we interviewed. It was a, it was a long weekend. Uh, and we, uh, it was the 1st of August of 2012. And they took us to uh, out to eat Friday night, and then Sunday morning I came in and I um, preached or taught through Romans, and I don't remember what I preached about. And then that night uh, we were uh, we we just took questions from the whole church. We'd had an interview with the elders during uh, the afternoon, and the whole church fired questions at us and the only thing i remember from that those questions was uh was becky said becky i think it was becky asked could you describe us in one word and i said refugees um typically because um what i i thought a lot of them had a lot of the church at that time which church was a little bit smaller than um, a lot of those people had come from other places um, looking for something. And I thought that was a, a great thing, people who were looking for something. And then Carol Ann raised her hand and said, uh, well, that's a noun. Could you describe us with an adjective? And I was like, refugee-like? <laughs> no, that's not what I said. I'm not that quick. I did ask if a gerund was going to be next, if what I needed to be prepared for. But I remember that I don't remember much about that day. I remember what I taught on in Bible class. I'm not, I think I could teach that Bible class right now. Um, but I and I remember that question, and then I remember driving back to DeQueen. To, we were staying the night at my parents' house that Sunday night, and I remember uh, we were heading down north. And Rachel said, what do you think? And I said, well, they get me. Which is not as easy as you might think. Uh, what I need in a church is a group of people who I'm not having to tiptoe around. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, I can tiptoe, I can do that dance, but it's exhausting for me. Um, and what I need is a group of people I can tell you straight um, why I think something's funny, why I think something's ridiculous, why I think something is serious, and why I think what you think is ridiculous. I just need to be able to say that out loud. Um, because if we can't have that sort of relationship, we aren't church. There's another thing, though, that I think um, can keep us from being church, and it's all connected to that. And 
when we take ourselves so seriously, we have a hard time worshiping God because we're too busy worshiping ourselves. When we take ourselves so seriously, we have a hard time worshiping God because we're too busy worshiping ourselves. I, yeah, take what you do seriously. Um, you're, you're, they're serious about you. That's, my, that's one of my least favorite things to uh, run into in the world are people who are serious about their job but not good at it. We ran into this at... Uh, uh, well, the... the Silver Dollar City. The, the, y'all didn't think that's what I was going to say. I could have given you a thousand guesses. We ran into this at Silver Dollar City when, Claire, when Macy was real young. Uh, right now, Macy, our middle child, is taller than Clara, our oldest child. But at the time, Macy was just a smidge too short to even ride like the, the little kid rides. Well, I don't know if y'all have been to Silver Dollar City, but they hire... Um, only you have to be over a hundred to work there, and they had hired this this guy that was working the ride. Well, the first actually the first kid was the first guy was uh, a younger person, so like eighty four, and he was fine with it. He just said, you know, it's fine. She's just like a millimeter short, and you're she's sitting with you. Let her ride the ride. So we rode the ride, and the. Uh, that we, we got off the ride, went back around. Macy loved it. And we went back around and I was um, and I was carrying her and they had changed the guard to just like a Nosferatu looking dude, you know, just you know, get look that up, okay. He uh just he he I I saw him eyeing Macy while we were walking up. I thought, oh no. Well, I get up there and he goes, I'm going to have to measure her. And I, I said, she's not going to like that. She didn't like it. She didn't want. She didn't. For some reason, she didn't want to stand next to that guy and have him put the stick beside her and tell her her measurements. And so I, I was trying to put her down, and her feet were just doing this, just running in the air. And so I was setting her, and I thought, if I set her down, she's just going to just take off. And this guy goes, sir, you're going to have to set her on the ground for me to measure her. But this is how we do it at home. Of course I know that. Of course, I, but that just wasn't happening. Church, church, when, when we take ourselves so seriously, like we don't actually do the job we're there to do. We're just there to make sure I am serious and I take myself seriously. And when we take ourselves too seriously, we're not good at our job, which is to be the church of the kingdom of God, following Jesus, worshiping God. But a church that is just like, oh no. A little nervous. I have a hard time following Jesus. 
can have a hard time worshiping God. Because we don't really get, like what Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom's sake that we have been set free. And we don't get to live the life we have been called to live. I'll be in Colossians, and Corbin, you're going to have to run these slides for me. I don't have a clicker. I like to make Corbin do that so he has to pay attention to the sermon. <laughs> Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. If, if I could just put one stamp on all of our foreheads to make us a better church. A church is going to get better and better every week, every year. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Uh, there's been a couple of times that I have, I go into like, go to a Rotary Club or a Lions Club or whatever and talk to them about what I do for a living. There's just been a couple of times in a 12-year career that I've done that. Each time I've talked, I've talked about speaking and that people are, more people are afraid of, of public speaking than they are quicksand, which is nonsense. Quicksand scary. Public speaking, on the other hand, is not scary. But it is for most people. And I always, my talk is always simple one point, and I try to get, I try to meander my way there. But the one point is if you're going to be a good public speaker, you've got to be able to forgive the people who hate what you say. You've just got to be able to know that if someone like says, I don't like what he said or oh, he messed up, I can forgive you for being that person. And if I know going in that I can forgive all of you, if you're a jerk to me afterward, then I can stand up here confidently and say whatever I need to say. See, I don't, I'm not worried about whether you can forgive me or not. That's not my business. That's your business. But forgiving you, that's my business and I can be good at it. So if you're going to be a professional public speaker and do it on a regular basis, you're going to have to be the best forgiver in the room most of the time. And I think that's absolutely true with just Christians in general. Is that we have got to be a good church. We've got to be the best forgivers in the room, in the world. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Verse 14, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What he's talking about here is a group of people who get along even though they're not perfect. Gentleness, patience, love, forgiveness. He's, he's describing church. And he goes on, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Then verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell richly among you. As you teach and admonish one another 
with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs with, from the Spirit, sing to God with gratitude in your heart. This verse is common. Uh, it's, it's one quoted, it's, it's being quoted in about a hundred churches of Christ all over the country right now. It is a beautiful and powerful verse that I think we've sapped the energy out of turning it into talking about whether or not we need to sing this way or that way. Those of you in Church of Christ will get what I'm saying. Those of you who aren't, we'll move on. If you ever wonder why Church of Christ think we have to sing without a piano, this is one of the verses. Um, <laughs> I saw a lot of, oh... <laughs> Still doesn't make sense. You're right. We do that here because we like it. End of discussion. But this verse is not about like how you sing. It's not about what, how, what are the exact ways you're supposed to worship. He, he's coming in from a whole conversation about community, about love, about peace, about forgiveness, about how you're supposed to operate with one another. And then if we get to this verse and say, okay, let me talk, let me see what hymnal I'm supposed to use. We have missed on the power of this verse. The power of this verse is that we are to let the message of Christ dwell among us. And that's going to dwell among us as we sing. The only time in the first century that you got together and sang was at, at bars while you were, um, I don't know about the sheets and the wind. I'm not sure that phrase, but you know what I mean. Three of them. Now, they, they were coming out of that life where they, the, on the weekends, they would go and they would find joy in other places. They would find community in other places. They would find interaction with like minds in other places. And here, he's saying that old life, that old joy, that old beauty in community is going to be found now in your church family. You are going to sing together because it's good for you. You are going to worship, sing to and with and for each other. You're going to let the message of Christ dwell in you because that's where we find our joy. That's where we find our community. Yeah. And we are, we are, we are called to, to live that kind of community with each other. And it's only when we live in that kind of community with each other that we can truly worship God. When we're not taking our worship seriously, but we're taking God seriously. When we're not taking like this, this old, the, the, the old way. Well, this is this is the way I I want it, or this is the way they want it, or this is. We are we are together, and you are going to we are going to fail each other, and that's okay. Because we're, we sing together. Guys, do you know how weird that is? 
Like you've been doing, most of you have been doing this all your life. You go to a church, they sing, there's, y'all have gone, we have so many different backgrounds here. I can't just like paint an image and say, this was what your childhood was like. But we, you get together and sing. Like if you didn't know that happened at church and someone just said, hey, do you want to go to this building and sing with some people? You mean like karaoke? No. <laughs> Not even close. Way different. You soprano or alto? What? Hope you're fine with shape notes. I could do this all day. It's odd. It's just, it's peculiar. But the most peculiar thing about it shouldn't be the fact that we do it. It shouldn't, be the, it shouldn't be the way we do it. It should be who we are doing it with. The most peculiar thing is that we are doing, we are singing together with some people we don't know because of God. We are singing together as a church. We are celebrating God and each other as a church. Don't be the Christians who take your Christianity seriously, but you aren't good at it. Don't be that guy. Don't be, don't, don't be the person who, who, who is just so caught up in, in well, are, is this supposed? Are we praising God? Will you praise God with us? This church um, will always sing a cappella. That'll be my vote as long as I'm here. This church will, because I only say that because. The rumors about this church are nuts. I showed up to a softball game one time and someone said, someone, hey, I heard you played guitar at your church. I'm like, okay, you did. <laughs> oh, good. Just some guy. Who's, who started that rumor? Amy did. She just raised her hand. That's good. Thanks, Amy. Makes life easy on me. Heard y'all got a piano. Do you realize how silly we would be if we bought a piano just to put in the back room to mess with other people? It'd be nuts. No, the reason I love, and we did a, a sermon on this like two years ago, but the reason I love acapella music is that we're doing it together. That's, all, that's the best, for me, that's the, come join our choir, sit in the pews. We don't, yet, I mean, we, nothing wrong with this, but we don't mic the best singers and muzzle the bad ones. We sing out together as a family, as a community. And then, again, that's not to um, denigrate what other people do. It's just why I like to do it this way. And deep down, I could argue that it's just because it's the way I've always done it. But we'll stay that way. But you can sing a cappella and take yourself too seriously. And not worship God, but just worship the way you worship God. 
if we're actually singing with the message of Christ, man, that's a, that's a good place to be. That's a celebration. I mean, and, may, and you've been there too, and this church has been this too. Sometimes y'all are just tired. Weekend before school starts, y'all are exhausted because you tried to get all your vacationing in on that last weekend. There is sunshine in my soul today. More glorious and bright. Are we singing all of the verses of this song? (laughs) We've been there. But in the end, like what a church is, is a group of people who, who, because we know we don't have it all together and because we know that we don't get it all perfect and we don't, the people around us aren't perfect, we live in a spirit of forgiveness, of love and mercy and grace to each other and we, and we celebrate that union by all together singing praise to God. And you can walk through this verse and you can say, well, what is a psalm and what is a hymn and what is the song of this? You can do that, but you're, gonna, you're going to miss. You're, that, that's not even missing the forest for the trees. That's missing the forest for the bark on the trees. Because what, what, what Paul is calling the Colossian church to hear is joy and unity and, and celebration in Jesus. And I hope you never lose that as a congregation. Because you, you want to talk about a command. How are we commanded to worship? We are commanded to worship God as a celebration of our community. And that's how church works. And now this isn't, what's crazy is this isn't even about He's not saying, and when you gather together on Sunday at 1030, please do it. He's not, he's not even talking about just one hour of your week. Your day, your Monday, your Sunday, your Tuesday, and your Fridays all need to be filled with a powerful celebration of what God has done. Most of us live, even though we might like celebrate on Sunday, we live our Mondays with the sunshine in our soul. Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God. He died on a cross to save you, was raised from the grave and conquered death, is king of our lives and leads us now with his spirit. And if you wake up in that state every day mopey, what are you paying attention to? What's, what's your life like there? And yes, things are hard. There's hurricanes. You've got a job. But, and most of the people at your job take their job seriously but aren't good at it. But I've got this base to live from. And I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem. If, if your life is like you can find joy with God on Sunday, but on Monday it's hard to find. I think 
you aren't living your life from the message. You're just letting the message be a part of your life. But if the message of God dwells in us, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. It's not going to manifest itself as this serious, grumpy gospel. But it's going to manifest itself as a celebratory celebration (laughs) of grace. It's going to come out as, yeah, this is great. And I'm glad we're doing it. When you, when you leave here and go to lunch or go to potluck and you think, well, I didn't like that song. Satan. Not you, maybe, but that's Satan working on you. When you're evaluating the worshipers around you instead of the worshiper within you. Do not live, let, the, let the criticism and grumpiness of Satan dwell in you richly. But the message of Christ, let it dwell amongst you richly. The message of Christ is that Jesus is open to all who come to him. To all who unite with him. To all who seek forgiveness will find it. All who knock the door will be answered. All who seek will find. So we are going to celebrate with you. If you seek this morning, we will celebrate that you found. If you knock this morning, we will celebrate that the door is open. Whatever you need this morning, seek it. Come knock at the door. And let us celebrate This new life, this new union with Jesus through baptism, this new repentance, this new prayer, this new whatever you need to celebrate. We will do it with mercy and with forgiveness, with joy and with love. Singing with each other with gratitude in our hearts. Please come forward while we stand and sing.